This is the Meatbag Podcast with Dylan Bedini. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 11 of Meatbag. I'm your host, Dylan Bettany. Now, did you know that Sandra Bullock has starred in over 50 movies, grossing over $4 billion? She doesn't just act, she's produced 15 projects and even earned a huge $70 million for the movie Gravity. Now, you might be wondering, why the hell are we talking about Sandra Bullock? Has Meatbag finally lost his mind? Not exactly. But as you guys know, I have ADHD, and the other night, it was about 1am, and after uploading a new episode, I needed a break, and good old Netflix offered me miscongeniality as my reward. Hello, dopamine. However, don't think I made it 30 minutes into the movie before it was paused, I was on the net, I wanted to know who everybody was, what they were doing now, how successful it was compared to other movies Sandy had done, I became a Sandra Bullock expert in about 30 minutes. This is how my mind works. This is an ADHD brain. So if you haven't guessed it yet, this episode is about ADHD. It's a mishmash of thoughts and ideas this week. So whether you've got ADHD yourself, or you're here out of curiosity, or you just need some company on your work commute, you've come to the right place. Get ready to chase some squirrels. This is episode 11. I've been wanting to do an episode on ADHD from the very beginning. And I wasn't really sure how I would approach it. So this is kind of a lens into ADHD. The world through my eyes. So let's start with a quick run through. ADHD is Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. Think of it like having a circus in your brain. You're watching the lions, the elephants, the trapeze artists, the strongman, all at once. You've got a million thoughts flying around in your head and sometimes it feels impossible to focus on one thing. There are moments you are deep in conversation with someone then autopilot kicks in, your mind is solving a task and mentally you've left the room. But it's not just attention. ADHD can affect emotional regulation and your social interactions too, whether that's work colleagues, family, friends or romantic relationships. One of the hardest parts of having ADHD is that most people don't think how I think. The majority of people are neurotypical, meaning that their cognitive and behavioural patterns align with what is considered typical in society. However, neurodivergent is the term used to describe anyone whose neurological development diverges from what is considered normal. Being neurodivergent basically means having a brain that works differently. However, neurodivergent isn't a term that only belongs to ADHD. Dyslexia, dyspraxia, autism, Tourette's, bipolar disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder and many more all fall under the neurodivergent umbrella. Society sometimes treats ADHD like it's just a phase, like it's a bad haircut you grow off. This generally stems from negative stereotypes and a lack of awareness. ADHD isn't a choice or a behavioural problem, it's a neurodevelopmental condition. Some people, when they hear ADHD, their mind automatically jumps to no tickets because society loves a good oversimplification. Stick a label on people because labelling people has worked so well for us in the past, hasn't it? ADHD or not, telling children that they are disruptive, they are bad, naughty or stupid, it's it's not right. It's irresponsible and it's cruel. I was raised in the area where teachers would make you stand in the corner with your hands on your head and they would tell the other children to ignore you. Ignore the naughty child. I hated school. School made me feel stupid and made me feel bad about myself. Some things were a real struggle. 
And then there were some things I was exceptional at because I was hyper-focused. And hyper-focused is one of the main components of ADHD. You become so deeply engrossed in a task. You're like a dog with a bone. During hyper-focus, your attention is exceptionally concentrated with high levels of productivity and creativity. Time just goes out of the window. Time blindness is what we call it. I remember teachers would give us instructions on what lessons was about. And if it went over my head and I'd see the other kids cracking on with their work, I'd be sat there like a spare part. The outrageous part is I'd say to a mate, what are we doing? I don't get it. And then the teacher would be, quiet down, no talking, get on with your work. All my teachers were from Roald Dahl books. They were horrible human beings. When you're a kid, you can't say to Mrs. Gobshite, listen, you may have explained that really well. And these other kids might understand the task. But it went over my head. Please, can you explain it again? I can't change my learning style and I'm 12. But you can adjust your teaching style. Looking at the wrinkles on your face and the grey whiskers in your chin, you've probably got about 40 years teaching experience. It's hard asking for help when you're an adult. Never mind as a kid. I learned it's easier to be the clown, be the silly one. It's better to have attention for being silly than for being stupid. And that's masking right there. The only positive thing that ever came up on nearly every school report by my teachers was, Dylan is only good at what he's interested in. And those words are the truest description of me. So when it comes to this health and fitness stuff, because I love it, actually love it, I soak it up like a sponge. I could talk about it all day for weeks because I'm only good at what I'm interested in. ADHD is often perceived as more common in boys, and that's due to diagnostic bias. Statistically, ADHD tends to be seen or recognised in males. However, in 2014, there was a review on ADHD in women. When women or girls show ADHD symptoms or behaviours, they tend to get labelled as inattentive rather than hyperactive. So they're more likely to be considered below the threshold for diagnosis or just completely missed out altogether. Women's ADHD symptoms tend to be misdiagnosed or as some other mental health issue like depression or anxiety. Many women only seek out an ADHD diagnosis if their children get diagnosed with ADHD. And then they realise, wait a minute, I have that symptom, I have that behaviour. Some don't receive their diagnosis until their late 30s or early 40s. Women are very good at masking, and that's a big ADHD thing. Many ADHDers pretend to not have ADHD, which is interesting because the new trend is everyone who has a lazy thought, loses their car keys, or doesn't want to go to work, thinks they have ADHD, and wants to tell the whole world they have it. My ADHD is ADHD, and go away. So masking is a phenomenon which involves consciously or unconsciously adopting mechanisms to try and conceal for ADHD traits, mirroring being the most common strategy. However, the issue is if you're masking and if you're masking it well, if you do find that you struggle with something and you need help, you can sometimes struggle finding support, which can leave you feeling anxious or isolated or both. If you are struggling, there are some amazing resources out there. Honestly, if you need help, you can message me. I'll point you in the right direction. It's not my forte, but I won't see anyone struggle. Now, I know social media has many negative connotations, but there are some amazing people on there sharing their tips and experiences. The first person on my squirrel list is Dr. Alex. Remember that guy from Love Island a few years ago? He popped up on my radar recently as an absolute beacon of hope for people with ADHD. We also have the awesome modern hippie mindset, Claire. She's worth checking out. She's an absolute ray of light. And of course, Alex Partridge from ADHD Chatter. He's also fantastic. I've had links to all these people on my website, meatbagpodcast.com.
bear with me on this next thought. Now, when I think of Superman, I think of Christopher Reeve. When I think of Batman, I picture Michael Keaton. And when I think of ADHD, I picture Rich and Rocks from ADHD Love. These guys, they are absolute heroes. The awareness these two people have raised is amazing. And they've just actually launched an amazing app called Dubby, which is a body doubling app. It's an amazing idea. I'm so glad it's out there helping people. Again, I'll add a link to that app as well. What's body doubling, I hear you ask? Well, they're like your accountability buddy, your partner in crime against procrastination. These body doubles make mundane tasks more bearable, from housework to bill paying. They can chill in the background, do their own thing, as long as they don't distract you from your task. If Batman had ADHD, that would explain why he had Robin. Although there isn't a ton of research on it, the idea of having someone else around to keep you on track has been proven to help people with ADHD. A body double could be your secret weapon. Some ADHDers actually videotape themselves. It can be with a smartphone or a webcam. I'm not talking about OnlyFans. Having a camera recording can have a similar effect as having a person in the room. It's like creating your own reality TV show, the ADHD edition. One trick I've learned that helps keep me from procrastinating is an old writer's trick. I think Jerry Seinfeld had something similar. Basically, you allocate a chunk of time to a task say it's two hours whatever it is you commit to that task but here's the kicker during these two allocated hours it's just you and the task at hand you are forbidden from doing anything else you're not allowed to wander off you can't load the dishwasher you can't book a tesco delivery and no falling into the black hole of instagram reels it's that or nothing i fully embrace this technique my prime time for productivity is between 9 p.m and 11 p.m Now let's look at sleeping for a minute. Sleep quality can have a huge impact on ADHD symptoms. For many people, including myself, sleep at night is not fun. I hated going to bed as a kid and guess what? I'm still the same now. I remember my mum telling me when I was little that when I'm older, I'll have a job, I'll be tired and I'll go to bed early. Nope. Going to bed can be like entering a battlefield with your own thoughts if your mind is swamped. It can be like having 10 YouTube tabs open at once and you can't tune it out. Over 70% of adults with ADHD struggle to quiet their thoughts for sleep. And on top of that, ADHDers often struggle to fall asleep because our bodies release melatonin, the sleep hormone, later than neurotypicals. The general consensus is to limit light exposure after 9pm because exposure to light, especially blue light, inhibits the production of melatonin. So dimming your lights in the evening or avoiding bright screens before bedtime can help maintain melatonin levels and support a more restful sleep. However, many people with ADHD are at their best at night, the most energetic, thinking the clearest, the house is quiet, distractions are low, and it's like, welcome to the ADHD productivity zone. We are like nocturnal warriors. You can stay up and enjoy all the activities you missed out on throughout the day. Many people call this RBP, which is Revenge Bedtime Procrastination. So on top of the struggle to sleep, you're either avoiding sleep or purposely delaying it. Finding the right balance is key. I still hate sleeping. I'll avoid going to bed like it's my full-time job. Now, for the time being, I'm going to skip past caffeine because caffeine is a huge can of worms and it deserves its own episode. With sleep, the only thing that I have found that helps is ASMR. I don't opt for the, hey, it's bedtime. I've actually got this epic eight-hour playlist on Spotify that is just rain sounds and thunderstorms. It's fantastic. The idea is basically, you lie in bed and you're listening to the rain pouring down and the thunder rumbling in the distance and your brain is like, well, I'm glad I'm in here. 
all warm and snug and not out there in that wild storm. You focus on those sounds and the voices in your head, they're listening to the storm too. It's like Mother Nature is tucking you in. Honestly, I can't recommend it enough. There is not one night, and I mean not one night in the last two or three years, where I don't listen to it. Regardless of who I'm with, regardless of where I am, it's my secret to sleeping. It's the only way I can sleep. It's either nighttime ASMR or devoting my life to fighting crime dressed as a giant bat. ASMR, if you're not aware, is Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. Many people, regardless if they are neurotypical or neurodivergent, either love it or hate it. Although I actually don't understand the ASMR that is of people eating or chewing or mouth slapping. I hate that. I don't know who needs to hear the sound of people eating crisps, but apparently it's a thing. If I hear someone chewing loudly, I want to push them down the stairs. I'm ready to do time in prison. Misophonia, they call it. It's a horrible sound. Who wants to hear people masticate? Regular exercise can improve sleep quality. Physical activity stimulates the prefrontal cortex. That's the part of the brain that's responsible for executive function, like attention, planning, decision making. Regular exercise strengthens this region, leading to improved focus and sustained attention over time. Exercise boosts blood flow, increases oxygenation to the brain, promoting neural growth and cognitive flexibility, leading to better problem-solving skills and creative thinking. Exercise is like a superhero for your brain, fighting off anxiety and stress. It's not about burning calories or staying in shape. Exercise is a powerful tool. If you have ADHD or you have people in your life who have ADHD, trust me, exercise is the best remedy. Exercise can be like a therapy session. There are people walking this earth right now because instead of doing something stupid, they went to the gym instead. Jim Carrey has been very open about his experience with ADHD and his struggles with depression. We need more people like that. Will I Am actually credits his ADHD for his ability to thrive in a creative setting. ADHD is not a roadblock to success. It only just needs harnessing right. Olympic medalist Michael Phelps, that guy has ADHD and also 23 gold medals. 23. That's compulsive overachievement right there. Paris Hilton describes her ADHD as a superpower. I love that. Zoe Deschanel, Trevor Noah, Jamie Oliver, they've all harnessed their creative energy and become household names. Ryan Gosling is in the ADHD club too. It's nice to have something in common with Ryan Gosling other than we've both played with a Barbie. Justin Timberlake, Robbie Williams, Lily Allen, even Justin Bieber, they've all spoken about their struggles with ADHD. Bieber, actually, has been a real hero in breaking down the stigma around ADHD. So in conclusion, ADHD is a condition that affects millions of people. It's not just kids who deal with it. With ADHD, you constantly feel like you're playing catch-up, but you're playing catch-up in a world that's moving at a snail's pace. I think, instead of seeing ADHD as a weakness, let's start seeing it as a unique way of experiencing the world. Yes, it might come with its challenges, but also comes with a whole lot of strengths and a unique perspective on life that you won't find anyone else. ADHD is more than a disorder, it's a fucking adventure. Thanks guys, thanks for tuning in. 
I'm super pumped to have this podcast. I'm here to help you through the unbelievable world of healthy eating, fad diets, TikTok trends. I'll be debunking myths and deciphering Brenda from Work's food recommendations. Here, we'll cut through the fluff and the nonsense, possibly some oversharing, definitely some ranting, but I promise it's going to be eye-opening. Thanks for listening, and as always, stay safe, everybody. This is the Meat Bag Podcast with Dylan Bedenese.